That was awesome. Thank you. Let's give the praise to another round. <laughs> wow. Here we are in the time of resurrection, Easter time. Uh, and uh, we're going to continue talking about importance of thinking deeper about resurrection because the truth is we understand sometimes the cross is easier to understand number one because we can imagine it was something real something tangible you could see christ you could see that that was a proof his sacrifice was a love for you his blood was your was a sacrifice payment for your sin but then this thing called resurrection it's kind of like the bible doesn't talk too much about it right the 40 days that Jesus spent is only written in like a paragraph. And so but the reality is we need both, right? Resurrection and cross have to work together. They, one without the other makes the other, makes the whole meaningless. So last, last Sunday we started talking about the reality that the, prop, that the benefit of the resurrection first is that it gives us hope of eternal life. Because not only was, were we forgiven of our sin and healed by the cross, by the resurrection, we have an eternal life. We will, Jesus says, you will never die. It's true. For us who believe in Jesus, we never die. It's called sleeping. Your body that was, that was wasting away will perish and become like sand, become like dirt again. But who you are is that God has promised resurrection into eternal life. Now, we talked about this, right? We showed that the old life that you have in the flesh, it's going to end. It's sad. It's brown. It's, it's, it's no matter how hard you try, it's, gonna be, uh, it's not going to be the, what you expected and want out of life, right? There's tears. There's pain. There's aching in this life. But by faith, we enter into new eternal life with the Holy Spirit. And as I, as I mentioned, that this life is right now something you experience spiritually, right? But there's coming a time where what you see and experience now in the spirit that you've seen signs of, deposits of, you're going to see the fullness when Jesus comes in the full physical and spiritual uh, resurrection. The, the value of this is that, see that purple thing, that this time that you have now from the moment you believe, when you're baptized, to when Jesus comes and when you die, that short time that you have, instead of us trying to leave this world trying to find comfort trying to find our best way we say like paul said he testified that for the sake of christ he was willing to embrace suffering and trial why because these temporary things were now to were things that didn't that that instead of bringing him down instead of influencing him to leave the faith of christ it strengthened his faith to be more faithful and to do glorious things he said this last sunday we talked about Therefore, we do not lose heart. It means we do not give up in our following Jesus Christ. Paul, he said, though outwardly we are wasting away. That is whether you're believing Christ or not. We're all outwardly dying. But inwardly we're being renewed day by day. And therefore, the mystery of all this is that Paul says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. If you believe in Jesus and have the hope of resurrection, eternal life, what you go through in life, they will not, even though the enemy has meant them, even though your sin has caused things to destroy you, as you live by the faith of Jesus Christ, believing in his eternal life, you are now allowing those troubles to become glory for you in your life. So therefore, for us, what, what was meant to harm us and to enslave us, destroy us now, because of the resurrection, 
is for our good. So God has allowed, made it possible that for anyone who believes in him to receive this gift of eternal life. Now, today I want to talk about what is it, what else is there besides the eternal life? I am so glad that God gave us by faith a spiritual reality, a spiritual power for us to resist the, the obstacles and the temptations in life and continue to follow God and see the reward of obedience. But there's something more, and today in our passage that we read, there's a, perhaps a, a very familiar passage in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. Can you repeat after me? New creation. New creation. Let's talk about what is this new creation that you and I receive by the resurrection the finished work of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. Again, you can never separate cross and resurrection. They go hand in hand. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, not only are we forgiven and healed and have eternal life, which is great because that's awesome that we have a better thing than this world has to offer, but more than that, he has made us new. And this word here, new creation, this idea of what Jesus has done as a result of your faith in him being in Christ, it's just like when God first took a bag of a handful of dirt. I don't know how much dirt it took to create Adam. But it's just the same way when God said to, he spoke to the darkness and the chaos and said, let there be light. And there was light. Let there be trees. Let there be birds in the air. Let there be animals. Let the water and the land be separated. All of that new creation in the same way when you believe in Jesus, you are just like a new creation, something, what, what this means in the Greek is not a renewing. A lot of people think that when you believe in Jesus, you just get an upgrade. No, no, no. It's far beyond an upgrade. It's more than just a renewal. It's more than healing that God gives you. He gives you something that was not there before. Let me explain it this way. It's not like the iPhone 12. I'm sorry, who has iPhone 12 here? I almost got it. Yeah, I, yeah, okay, okay. I almost got it, but I realized it's not a new phone. <laughs> it was a tweak of iPhone 11 with sharper edges, better here and there, but it wasn't brand new, right? I'm waiting for the brand new that's coming in the future, so I just got a used iPhone 11 instead. So th that's not the kind of new that Jesus is not doing. He's, he, through his resurrection, he didn't say, Inguan, you were like, Okay, but I'm going to make you a little okayer, right? I'm going to help you just try a little more, right? Get, get a little bit more goodness, a little bit more morality, a little better life. No, he says, I am going to do away with the old, and the new creation is here. It's like a new album, a new song. Something that was never experienced has been given to us because Jesus died on the cross and resurrected. Anyone wonder why on Easter we get eggs? Raise your hand if you like. I've been eating eggs every year at church, and I have no idea why they give us eggs on Easter. Anyone? Very simple, right? Because when you get an egg, right, when you look at the egg before it's cracked open, it's just yolk. It's not really alive as per se we could say, right? But then some miracle of life happens that when that egg breaks, hopefully, you know, it wasn't left out or neglected. By the love of the parent, it becomes something new comes out, a chick, something alive with wings and beaks. Like, I don't know how the beautiful work of creation that God does, but the egg represents that something new comes out 
during the resurrection. Maybe this will help you guys understand this concept better. Jesus talked about this in John chapter 3, verse 3, where we get John 3, 16. The context of that, he starts talking with a Pharisee, and Jesus tells him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. He also says, no one, the next verse says, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless you're born again. Think about that word born again. What that means is you cannot have two lives. The old has to die and the new has to be born again in a new way. And he says in the next verse that it's born not of human decision, not of the flesh, but born of the Holy Spirit. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus on his own technically and literally did not have the power to resurrect himself. But he, in faith of God's promise and looking and trusting in God, took the cross, drank the cup of death, and he waited for the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit said, I'm here. And he resurrected. That same spirit is what you and I receive. And the moment we believe in Christ, that new creation is made in us. To have the old, it says, the old has gone, the new is here. This is the part that actually we have to understand is that What's hard about Christianity for many people is this fact. We want the new. We want the better, but it's so hard to let go of the old. You cannot have a dead person and a new person and, and live together. That's, we cannot live a zombie Christianity, which means I know I was crucified, but I still want that. And I still want my new person in Christ, so I'm going to try to have both. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, right before this verse, he explains, Paul explains, for Christ's love compelled us. This is how it happened. He says, this is a mystery of what Jesus did. On the cross when he died, he says, we're convinced that one, Jesus died for all, therefore all died. And in the same way, if all died because of one, through the resurrection of one, everyone has been resurrected. Friends, this is what is the good news. This is why the, this is the gospel because this work of Jesus in killing that person, in bringing death to that sinful, judged, and cursed person on the way to hell and saying that is not who you are. Now you are a new creation in me, one who is eternal, one who is just like me, one who is not sin. That is a gift that we receive. I want to show you today that this new creation that Paul is talking about is a gift to us. At the end of our passage in verse 21, he, he gives a detail of what this new creation, this process of dying so that I can have, dying to the old so I can have the new. He says in verse 21, God made Jesus who had no sin to be sin for us where on the cross he was cursed on the cross the whole sin of humankind was unleashed upon him. It crushed him. Physically, he died because of the bleeding and the cutting and all that. But spiritually, sin cursed him. Sin choked him. Sin absolutely decimated him, absolutely killed him, separated from God. For what reason? So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Friends, the new creation that you are by faith in Jesus is that you are the righteousness of God. 
this is the good news. Again, this is a gift that God has done. He took your payment. He, he took your place. But more than that, after that is a result of the resurrection. Now you are something new and you are a righteousness of God. No, no, no. He didn't say you will receive the a righteousness of God. No, you are the righteousness of God, meaning your identity has been changed. And again, friends, that's why I talked about last week that this may be hard to grasp because we don't feel it in the physical. When I believe Jesus, like Justin, when he got baptized, right, when he believed, many of us, nothing changed physically. Maybe I smile a little more or something, but I didn't get taller. I didn't change. So it makes it hard to understand. But the thing is, the only way you can be included in this gift is by faith. And therefore, we cannot see this fullness in the physical yet, but we know it in our spirit. This is the greatest deal, right? This is the greatest news, the greatest gift that God, that we can, that the world has ever known. God was telling the world, you know what, guys? You don't have to do a thing. I'm going to, on the cross, once again, look at this verse. Die, and, and therefore, because I died, everyone died. Right? And therefore, now, because of my death, my resurrection now makes everyone a new creation. Again, this is true of every person, but the ones that actually experience it and becomes becomes their own are the ones that believe in Jesus, you and I. The only difference between you and I today sitting here and understanding this is you chose to believe. And there are people who also this belongs to them who have not had the chance to listen or chance to believe yet. But the reality is the good news is God did it on the cross to become sin so everyone can be righteousness of God. Righteousness, another word for it means God's have to have divine approval. Means there is now only peace. There's only love. There's only justice. There's only blessing in God. You cannot run it. it you cannot run out of it. You cannot change it. This is who you are as a new creation. Now, as good as, as this is, I want to show you guys why we still Many people cannot achieve this truth and live in this new identity. I'll be honest with you. When I first read this verse, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, new creation is here. The old is gone. The new is here. It sounded pretty simple. But also when you read it in the context, it doesn't make sense. It kind of seems out of what he's talking about. And so, honestly, this week I spent just like hours and hours looking at different commentaries, trying to understand what was happening? And then finally I understood I have to see the whole context of why he's saying this. And I found something very interesting. The thing that hinders this, this perfect work of God, right, that, that no one can undo. Like, there's, there's, like sin is done. Like you are dead. Like whoever you were in curse or, or, or deserving of punishment and condemnation, it ended. Right? Not because of what you did right, but absolutely what Jesus did. And not only that, now you are the righteousness of God. You have the peace of God. You have right in God. You have privileges in God that can never be taken away. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. But many of us still do not live in this reality. And we still act like sin is alive and I'm working for hopefully being righteous in God's eye. What blocks this ultimate gift from becoming yours? Everyone Take your hand and put it on your brain. 
and say, my thinking, my thinking. I want to show, show you guys something in this passage. Why was Paul mentioning this, right? I'm glad he did, right? But the reality is this. When we read, um, I want to show you guys one verse. Um, Paul, in a, in a different context, in, to the Romans, he says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Like I said, someone who is not right now in Christ, who is aware that they are already a righteousness of God, the only difference between that person and you is not what you did. It's faith, right? The only way that you can say, wow, Thank you, God. I am a child of God. It was absolutely nothing that you did. It was absolutely by you being chosen by God to hear and to believe and to be able to confess Jesus is Lord. That change of mind, renewing of the mind was what brought you salvation. This is the problem that's happening in 2 Corinthians. If you look at the context of 2 Corinthians, uh, there's a part in, in, in the previous, previous letter. Sorry. Where did it go? In 1 Corinthians 4, Paul is talking to the church of Corinth. Let's think about what is, who are the Corinthians that Paul is writing to and why was he, what was he, what was he battling with them, struggling with them about. And in the previous letter that he wrote, there was four letters that he wrote. We only have two copies of it. Two of them were lost. But Paul says, what do you prefer? Shall I come to you with a rod of discipline or shall I come in love and with a gentle spirit? It seems like Paul, the founder, the father of this church is about to spank the Corinthians. Something bad has happened. And it wasn't because Corinthians was like the Vegas of today, right? Vegas is kind of known as Sin City. You know, all of us that have been there, I like parts of, I've been to Las Vegas, parts of a great cheap food, you know, cheap hotel, whatever, lots of great shows. But there are definitely parts of it that I, I'm not aware. If you are aware of what's going on, you can tell me about it and we can pray for Las Vegas. But it was like Las Vegas, it was the darkest and most corrupt place on in that time in that world but it's a miracle that in that dark place there was believers right so that's a good thing but somehow Paul is angry with them what's happening is this Paul ends up by saying this statement here in chapter 5 in our passage in verse 16 he says so from now on we regard no one according to the flesh though we once regarded Christ in this way we do no so no longer this verse 16, when he says, we regard no one according to the flesh, is what Paul is angry about to the Corinthians. Let me back up. Like I explained, because of what Jesus did, everyone, right, is, has, the, there's the sin for everybody already has been paid on the cross. And by that already resurrection, everyone has the chance, has been made a righteousness of God. They just have not repented. They just not have accepted that gospel message. They have not placed their trust in Jesus. So they're just one mindset, one thought, one change of heart from having the same eternal life that you and I have an identity. But in that church of people who have supposedly repented, what Paul realized was they were still regarding people according to the flesh. Another translation says this, worldly point of view. Paul says, we have to stop regarding people according to worldly point of view. Another translation says, according to human point of view. 
This was a trouble in 1 Corinthians. If you guys know 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, there was division. This beautiful church, people filled with the Holy Spirit, with the gifts, evangelism, people repenting of sin. But in that church, something demonic was happening. People were dividing. They were saying, no, I follow Jin, I follow Sam, I follow Josh. Yeah, sorry. And the, the church was acting in a way that many of us sometimes also see that the, even though we are people who are new creation in Christ, we look just like the world. And Paul is saying, do you want me to smack you or are you going to listen to what I say? This is what was happening in this context. The people in the, in, the, in, the, in the Corinthians, they started to look at the people, the leaders in their church and saying, this person can do this much miracle. This person can do this much miracle. That pastor there, he saw Jesus like 10 feet away. That person was 20 feet away from Jesus. This person got three visions. That person got five visions from God. And Paul's like, oh, my goodness. I cannot believe that you don't understand that that does not matter. Paul was saying, you know what? If anybody has right to boast, I have, right? I've seen Jesus in the flesh. Remember when he was knocked out of the horse, right? And he was saying, I am the one that suffered the most for all of you. But all of that does not matter. Because, because the people were starting to look at Jesus, at the faith, not according to the spiritual view, the, the view of the faith, but based on worldly principles. So even though they started by faith, they started becoming worldly in their point of view, their mindset, even though just like I explained the gospel to you guys, this is a pure grace, a gift of God. It's something done for us. But having received that, we lose that faith and we start judging people by what we see. I want to ask ourselves, I want to ask you a question. How many of you guys are tired? Anybody tired? Yeah, we've all been there, right? But I realized that the reason why a lot of times we're tired, and tired means like you're trying to achieve something and you come up short, right? That's what sin is, right? We, we, we want to hit the mark. We, we, as a new creation in Christ, I want to I wanna be like this, right? And then we always fall short. I want to love my family. I want to be wise. I want to be self-disciplined. And we always fail. But the reason I realize that many of us are still kind of not living in the fullness is that this world makes you tiered. <laughs> Does that make sense? We're tired because we're tiered in this world. What that means is this world still makes us, judges us based on our flesh. And all of us believe and buy into that. All of us feel great when we have money. All of us feel sad when we lose money, right? All of us feel great when I'm part of an organization. I have a job, I have a name, I have a lot of followers on Instagram, but all of us feel sad when people start talking bad about us, firing us. So many things in life, because they try to put you in category of judgments and of worldly point of view, judging you according to the flesh, we are tempted, we are influenced, we are manipulated by this world, and it makes you tired, makes you fall short. But what Jesus is reminding us through Paul is saying, no, 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 church, stop doing that. How many of us, even in this church or any church that you are, you think, oh, my gosh, that person in the council, that person who's a Bible study teacher, that pastor, that worship leader, wow, they, like, have this much grace of God, and I just, I just sit, right? I just sit in church. 
so I must have like this much grace. Many of us are still basing our faith in Jesus and our relationship on God on the wrong set of mind. And Paul is saying, shh, stop all of this comparing and tearing and judging yourself based on what you do and what you say and come back to the gospel. Anyone is in Jesus Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. We need to focus on that message because the way that Christianity works is not a religion. Every religion according to the flesh, the world, is about trying to go to the next tier, right? All that the world government, economics, business, education, world system is all about tiers, right? You start in the bottom and you go higher, more privileges, and you work harder and you can go to the next tier. Same thing for religions in the words about you pray to this guy, you do this, this. But God said, no, 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 no. Forget all of that. It is done. You start at the top. Everybody is on the same plane of, uh, of grace. And Paul is saying, we consider no one from such worldly point of view anymore. Let me show you that again. He says, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Meaning there's no room for judgment, no room for thinking, oh my gosh, I deserve something more. In fact, Jesus has shown us because you are now a new creation, you are able to love the unlovable. You're able to serve those that are beneath you according to tears and the worldly point of view. And you're able to forgive those who are unforgivable. Because why? There is now no difference in one person from another. Jesus is our all in all. So what is the conclusion in our message? In 2 Corinthians 5, it says, this is the ministry of reconciliation that God gave us. He says that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them in a flat level, not saying, okay, England, you try here, you got to go through these hoops, and, 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 and Dan, you got to try this and these things, and then you know, if you do well in this church, if you serve here, Dan, you can qualify. No, 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 no. In a blanket statement, he says, I'm not counting the people's sin against them. And he has committed to us, the, the pastors, the message of reconciliation. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Paul, in one single, one, two long chapters of, of uh, books of the Bible, he was telling these Corinthians, wake up, stop fighting, stop dividing yourselves. All of us focus on one thing, be reconciled to God, meaning make Jesus be the only one. Paul, in this statement, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here, forever took away any idea of I'm better, I'm less than anyone, I'm a bigger sinner, I'm a lesser sinner. He said that is done. The gift of God and the message is you are God's righteousness. And I want to close with this. There's something powerful that happens when you believe in this. There's something so awesome about faith. Even though you cannot see it, when you are able to grasp and receive this and realize I am no longer a sinner, I am a child of God, I'm a new creation, there's something that the Holy Spirit who brought that faith in you does. He allows you to live in such a way. He allows you, I want to just read a couple of scriptures. You'll see this pattern over and over in scripture. It says, it says in a 
First Peter 1 verse 23 says, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God, Jesus Christ. He says, Therefore, rid, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. See that order? Because you are born again, now you can rid the sin in your life. It's that order is very important. And then again, in, in Colossians 3, Apostle Paul says, since then you have been raised with Christ. That's the gospel. That's the, that's the good news. You are already raised with Christ. You're not trying to reach Christ. You're already there. Therefore, he says, verse 5, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. It's not the other way around. God is not standing in heaven saying, now that I die for you, I want you to get rid of those things so you can come out. He says, now you're with me. I'm putting you, leaving you in the earth so you can put to death those very things that kept you separate from me. This is a kind of victory that cannot be taken away because you have won already. And all we do in life, no matter what the hardship is, we're overcoming. We're winning again and again. Friends, today I want to invite you to do three things for, for yourself. In view of this message, we have to repent. Praise Him, would you come forward right now? I want us to respond today to this gospel message by repentance. We're going to have a time of prayer in re response. And then the three things we're going to do is we're going to repent of our view of God. If in your mind you still think that God has somehow placed himself in a, in a faraway place and allow you to be in this suffering in this world because somehow he hates you or somehow he, he doesn't care about you, the Lord is clear. He says, I've reconciled myself to you. I want you to be reconciled to me. And the second thing is I want you to change, repent of your wrong view of yourself. If you have agreed with the anti-gospel message of Satan that condemns you, that says what you've done, what you think, your weakness is who you are, repent of that today. And finally, I'm gonna, we're going to repent of our view of others. If maybe you were like the leaders in 2 Corinthians church that were saying, you know, because I'm better, you know, because I deserve more, right? That's below me, right? If you had that kind of arrogant mindset, towards somebody, judgment towards somebody, today repent because they are new creation in Christ. They are loved of God. Let's pray together in this time. God, we want to understand the power of the cross and resurrection. It's beyond, it's not simply just something we can dismiss. It's something that has to wreck us and change us. God, I want to repent in this time right now because of the wrong view of God that we have. Lord, where there is fear between us and God and our faith, right now remove it, Lord. If there's still in here, in this room, a fear of punishment as we try to come before God, Lord, by the grace of God, by the love of God, Lord, remove that fear. There is no fear. We're in the Father's home. We can call him Abba, Father. Take a moment and just pray. Ask the Lord, change, transform our mind. I want to see you as father today. And Jesus, we want to now repent of our wrong thinking, of our own selves. 
when you wanted to show us who we are in Christ, that we are beautiful, we are perfect as Christ is. Lord, I agreed with the lies of Satan. And I just gave myself over to the work of the flesh. But Lord, I am a righteousness of God. I am a new creation. I have been born again. Who I was before Christ is not who I am. I want to receive that truth and be able to stand in the glory of God again. And finally, Lord, help us to change our view of the people in our lives that we have already judged. The people in our lives that we already have said they have no hope. People we're avoiding, people we're angry at, people we're bitter against. Help us to see them. Not in a worldly view, not in by the flesh, but by the faith of Jesus. Help us to serve them. Help us to love them with another kind of love and another expectation that is a resurrection of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Can we all stand and sing this song together?